but overall, like this bolt carrier group looks very, very similar to the bolt carrier group in that gun that is supposed to be representative of a gun built in the late 50s, early 60s. Right. Um, and that's the thing that ties them all together. What is up, everybody? Jim, to my right, we've got Mike Griffin from Vortex Edge here, and we've got a little bit of uh, modern firearm. First timer. First timer. Yeah. yeah. We need Mike, to point welcome. That out. I should. I should. Let's just start over. No, there's no such thing. Fine. We got Mike Griffin. Mike, <laughs> welcome. Good to be here. As we always like to say, we've got a first timer here, so super fun. We love tapping into new people here at Vortex. We have such a, yeah. a wealth of knowledge and, and the depth of knowledge of all the great folks here at Vortex and they're passionate about firearms or hunting or all the good things that we get to chat about here. Is, uh, it's pretty deep, so it's super fun. I don't know if we've had yet to have every one of the Vortex Edge instructors on just yet. I can't re- I can't remember. I don't know if Corey's been on before yet. I'm, I'm I don't. I think he's managed to stay in his sniper hide. Right. Didn't. <laughs> That's very characteristic <laughs> of him. But Mike, so, it's so Corey. Mike was hiding out and uh, you may see more of him though, because we got to do uh, we got to do old nods with Mike. Yes, yes. I brought that up today. We were having a podcast planning meeting, Jim. Oh, I brought it up in the last wow, one as planning. well. You and planning. We're getting there. That's so uh, yeah, well, that's, I'm looking forward to that one very much. Comment uh, comment below if you're looking forward Always to hearing about to do some, some night, night vision. vision. Yeah. Big night vision yeah. guy. Yeah, I like it's, that. Uh, you know, it's basically a superpower. So. <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty nice. And you can buy it off the shelf. So, you know. Mike, do you real quick want to introduce yourself to everybody out there? Yeah, VR so all that uh, good stuff. Mike Griffin, one of the Vortex Edge instructors, started late last year. Um, I usually say my my background uh comes from two things, out of hospital medicine and guns. Um, so uh, worked in EMS, got kind of bored, ended up doing remote med work, which led me into security contracting and then into the firearms industry as I came back. And here I am. So happy to be here. That is extraordinarily condensed. That just, that's probably another <laughs> podcast. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, that was, that, was, uh, that was an exercise in ultimate brevity. Uh, I feel like there's probably a little bit more of uh, in-between holding those uh, <laughs> yeah, things some, together. You know, that's a pretty long timeline, like 21 years. So Wow. That but, is a long but time. But, Mike, if there's one thing that I know you're known for around, uh, around the, the edge team and the range, you're like, you just know so much about the gear. Yeah, I mean, um, I think it just comes with being around it for 20-some years. Um, and uh, one of these guns is mine. I purchased it around 2000. Um, and I've been buying and building ARs since then. Uh, and then a lot of the gear that goes with it, um, I would say I'm kind of a gear nerd. Uh, you know, so nylon gear, et cetera, uh, was something always trying to find a better solution um, over the years you know make life a little bit easier and um, then kind of working in the industry got accustomed to like checking out the new stuff seeing what was available from shot show making connections with people and seeing what the latest and greatest was that was coming out so for sure yeah so mark with all that said sorry i didn't mean to can interrupt I, can your i intro. finish my intro uh, yes Jim? you absolutely <laughs> may. i just had to make sure we pointed that out 
I think it was all great things to point out. So to point out that we're not fighting again, Mark, you're doing a fantastic <laughs> job. Thank you, Jim. Uh, yes, and I, you're you know very what? Welcome. I appreciate you for pointing out the fact that I didn't introduce Mike right away. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate you for and appreciating me. I acknowledge that you validated my appreciating. I feel validated as well. Thank you so much. Awesome. Now that we got all that out of the way, we're going to talk today about a little modern firearm. Yes. Alphabet and numbers and number soup together. We got numbers and letters in the name n- n- nomenclatures of all three firearms. Or we got more than three, but all three categories of firearms we have on the table here. We've got the M16, the M4 carbine, and then the AR15. Mhm. Now we should point out Mark, I think it's it is worth mentioning. Sadly, we don't have like a real M16, right. a real M4 on the table. That's just not that it's impossible. No. It's just I think in the uh, in the amount of time that we were we were putting this thing together, and we we just didn't have uh... these 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 are representatives. Yes, but we can speak to some of the differences uh, or or uh, what would make it you know accurately uh, the exact model. Right. right. So, yeah. I mean, the whole thing with this podcast, if you haven't gathered yet, which you may not have uh, because of this long intro, but this is essentially uh, M16, M4 carbine, AR15. What's the diff? Sure. What's the diff? Sure. What's the difference between these things? Mike? Yes, so that's why we have Mike. Yeah, Mike, we're not going to expect you to be full-on historian here. Um, there are people for that. They have yeah. YouTube channels and all that stuff. That They are go-to historians. But for somebody, maybe maybe they're newer into firearms. Maybe they just maybe they even bought an AR, but they're still wondering, well, my AR looks an awful lot like these M4s that you see uh, in pictures or in videos or even on the news. Or, it, it, you know, what's the difference between this? People say this whole platform has been around since... Basically Vietnam, but that that was an M16. It's got a different name again, and it looks quite a bit well, not quite a bit, but fairly different maybe than just my modern AR15. So what what all is going on there? Yeah, so um, I will try to touch on a vague enough history of the platform um, so that nobody uh, gets like takes it personal, um, and then uh, uh, kind of tie it all together. The um, the AR-15 is the Armalite rifle. It doesn't mean assault rifle. It doesn't, like, it's the Armalite rifle. So AR is Armalite rifle. Um, it was made by a company called Armalite. Um, they were a subsidiary of, I believe it's Fairchild Aviation. And they built a bunch of different guns. Um, so they started out uh, in what would be recognized as a predecessor to this with the AR-10. And that was in uh, 7.62 by 51, so larger caliber. Uh, they adapted the design to the uh, 2.23 uh, caliber and uh, started you know, working on selling that. To, um, it basically was initially focused at the military, but um, it would be you know, pushed to civilians and law enforcement, um, as a, you know, uh, a general purpose rifle. Um, so there's a lot of uses for it. Um, but the original target audience of that company, like all the stuff that they produced, uh, was military sales. Um, and that gun was select fire. And that's the big sort of like deviation when you look at 
the overall family of the AR-15 um, and the M16 and the M4 is that they're select fire uh, guns. So they either can fire a burst um, or uh, full auto uh, with a single press of the trigger uh, based on what the selector is set to. Um, civilian uh, commercially available AR-15s uh, today are pretty much all, like if you were to go to a gun shop and buy an AR-15 um, or something that's in the AR-15 family, uh, it would either it would only have safe and fire on the selector, and that's semi-auto. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, one round per trigger pull. Um, mm-hmm. But when you uh, you know compare like what's an M16 and how is that different from an AR-15, it's the select fire capability. Uh, there's lots and lots of different uh, names uh, for guns that fall into this pattern. So there's um, like lots of numbers like Colt 601 and, and things like that. Um, there's the M15 and it kind of depends on the manufacturer and what they decided to call it. Um, or if it's in the military system, like when it was, uh, given a product improvement. Um, so like the Mark 18 is a super popular, oh, yeah. uh, shorty. Um, and, uh, that is just a variation of the original AR 15. Um, and more specifically of the M16 uh, as product improvements were made. So like the user said, hey, we wanted to do this thing. And, you know, vendors in the, uh, the you know, military supply chain were like, hey, we can do that. Like we can make it for you. But it's got to be some, you know, it's got to be differentiated from the standard M16A2 or the M4 or whatever. So we're going to call it this other thing. Yeah. Um, and so it turns into just a naming scheme, but all of them. Um, so I brought these for a reason, like pretty much like when I look at, is it an AR-15? Does it use a receiver like this? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, what, what are you the, holding up? So there, this yeah. is a, a stripped lower receiver. Um, and it is, uh, you know, a commercial uh, lower, but internally, if I were to look at it, like it would support a full auto fire control group after um, it was drilled uh, for the the third uh, hole above the selector um, to support a full auto fire control group. But like you could fit that in there um, if it was drilled for that. Uh, That's different. Like some manufacturers over the years would would not mill out the area to support a full auto fire control group. Um, So like there was you know, variations of the lower, but they all generally look the same. Like if I showed you that, you would be like, yeah, man, that looks Mm -hmm. like an AR-15 lower. Um, Now, when you talk about like intellectual property and uh, how, because Armalite sold the design to Colt, um, and that's why uh, like most people associate Colt and AR-15 together. Armalite designed the original gun, um, or it was their property, and they sold it off to Colt. Um, they were having some financial issues. They sold it off to Colt. And the deal, is my understanding, is um, if the firearm was based on the gas system of an AR-15, so you think like the gas block and uh, you know tapping gas off of the barrel goes to the gas tube and then comes into the bolt carrier group. Um, then if the gun was based on that concept, uh, close enough that, 
um, Armalite and the respective parties of the deal would get royalties off of it. So when you talk about like what ties an AR-15 to an M16 or an M4 or Mark 18 or like all these things that fall in the AR-15 family of weapons, it's kind of the gas system. Um, now to me, like I look at, hey, this is a this is an AR-15, right? Like this lower uh, receiver and and the parts that go in it. Um, if it's interchangeable, it makes it an AR-15. Right. Inter- um, interchangeable, like in what way? So maybe I'm like just, I'm just not following the fire control group. So the um, like trigger and hammer assembly and selector in this gun should fit in any of these guns. Very universal. Right here. Okay. Despite yeah. this being representative of an early M16. Mm-hmm. Um, this is representative of an M16A2 style. Like it has a lot of the features. It's obviously not select fire. Um, these two guns are representative of the features that you would see. I would say cosmetically of like you know rail systems, uh, flat top Picatinny rail for mounting optics, etc. Um, all those are kind of external, you know, cosmetic features. Now they may support. They may have a function, right? Like they support optics or they support flashlights and lasers and things like that but at the core um, they all have a very similar lower receiver Um, they all have functionally the same uh, fire control group Um, and they all have basically the same uh, gas system now like this gas system is a rifle length gas system this is a carbine length gas system this gun has a mid-length gas system but they all rely on gas being diverted uh, off the barrel uh, before the projectile leaves the, the muzzle um, and cycling back through the gas tube and causing the bolt carrier group to unlock and eject the round and, and, and cycle the action. They all rely on the same concept, right? right? So the difference is, will it go full auto or burst versus semi-auto? Um, and then kind of the cosmetic features of where it is in the lineage of the AR-15. Because the AR-15 at this point is pretty close to 70 years old. Like, it's not a new platform. I think a lot of people think it's this new thing, but the design was released in the mid-50s. So we're coming up on 70 years, at least, you know, say 65 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it was adopted by the military in the early 60s, like 62, 64 time frame um and the like there's been minor adjustments i'll say um to like the gas system and things like that uh when you look at the concept uh but overall like this bolt carrier group looks very very similar to the bolt carrier group in that gun that is supposed to be representative of a gun built in the late 50s early 60s right um and that's the thing that ties them all together in my opinion um I have to include the lower receiver, though, because, like, there's been product improvements like the HK416. That's a piston gun. It doesn't use this gas system. So the bolt carrier group loosely looks like this, uh, but it relies on a piston instead of a hollow tube that transmits gas. Um, Gas is diverted off the barrel and uh, cycles a piston instead of, uh, you know, being diverted back into the action. But, like, I can take this, populate this lower receiver, put a HK416 upper on it, the, their piston upper, and I can make it work, the two work together. Um, so, like, to me, that's a maybe a distant cousin, but right. it's still a cousin to the 
you know, AR-15 family of weapons. So, like, when I talk about AR-15s, I talk about uh, it being the AR-15, M-16 family of weapons. Mm -hmm. um, Because it's a big family. So many things seem to be diversions now of the AR-15 and its original design. And, I mean, I don't know... I feel like it's got to take something just absolutely unbelievable for us to ever even divert from that because like you said it's been around so long. Yeah. You even look at now there you know there there's people working on the next generation squad weapon obviously uh Vortex the fire control it's going to go out on top that's that's what'll be on that firearm. At, at this time at least I still think the jury's out. Uh but when you look at that thing it it very much has similarities. When I say that thing, there's there's two I, I believe that have been down selected too at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at the you look at images of them and stuff, and and you can tell that there's similarities even there. You know, I mean, it's hard to divert from the ergonomics that people have become so used to, all of the parts. You know, um, there there'd be things that you'd have to switch around, but you know, like the stocks, you can kind of interchange the the grips, the pistol grips, you can interchange the magazines. Being able to use those, um, there's so. I mean, there's just got to be like, I don't know. If you removed all of the various interchangeable AR-15 parts from the world, I feel like the world would probably <laughs> weigh like, I mean, uh, <laughs> the, the amount of the moon. It'd be that much lighter. There's a lot of a lot of mass there. So what what I'm <laughs> gathering here is like at their core, very similar. Over time, we've just made. Uh, variants or improvements uh, too, but, you know, maybe by and large surrounding it, like you see, uh, you know, the, the foreigns look different, you know, quad what, quad rail versus, you know, m- nothing to support an yeah. optic system or a laser or things like that. Um, you know, stocks look different. Everything looks different, but at the core, they're the same. And like, I guess I'm going back to what you were saying, Jim, like to depart from something that not just because it's been around so long, but we've been perfecting it for so long. Yeah. And you can really customize it to so many different situations and applications. You'd just be hard-pressed to come up with something better. Mm. Absolutely. I think it's funny how you know we've attached names. Like you have M16. Now, the M16s that are on the table right now, if you're watching, if you haven't gathered this already, but there's two longer guns uh, muskets physically yes <laughs> yeah mod- more modern looking muskets uh two longer guns now those are very indicative of of what an m16 would visually look like obviously like we've already mentioned they're missing the the, the fun switch so to speak but then you have the the m4 style which is um not a whole lot shorter in overall length but the handguard looks a lot different the part you grasp onto in this case we've got two quad rails represented there are similar black looking clamshells that are sort of that plastic material uh, that that sometimes were found on the M4s. It's funny though, like, and then you mentioned the Mark 18. So we've given names to certain configurations, um, but there's umpteen million combinations of varying. Oh, I just everything that you can attach to this lower, and and even you know the upper is is usually. Uh, Usually quite similar. There are there are different uppers that tend to click into this lower, um, but I mean, there's so many different variants. And and if it's anything outside of like, oh, that's perfectly all the cloners are probably you know thinking like, yeah, that's perfectly a Mark 18, or that's yeah. exactly an M16. That's exact. If it's anything outside <laughs> of those, it's just an AR. It yeah, seems. and so like this gun uh, would fall in the the 
I would probably get a lot of hate mail from the cloners category. Um, so there's uh, by a, saying a, it's an M4. By, yeah. So <laughs> um, it it's got a 16 inch barrel because I I didn't want to do the paperwork on that particular gun to have it as an SBR. Um, uh, a stand, you know, an M4 is 14 and a half inch barrel. The the profile and cut is representative. Um, it's got a fixed front sight post. It has an Shall accurate wrist. Pick it up um, and put it in the center here. Uh, it has an accurate knight's rail. So this was a product improvement that was basically like, hey, we've got all these guns in inventory, and they used to have one thing, and we, we have this you know part that we can drop in that'll support uh, what I would call like enablers. So um, a white light or a laser, vertical foregrip, other things that help the gun to, to do more things. Um, or be more capable. Um, and then, you know, like an accurate grip and, and rear sight, but like this stock is from a different block of, of release. Um, there's the SOP mod, uh, program, which is a special operations peculiar modification. Um, and those were things that, you know, parts that were released, um, in order to packages that were released in order to make the gun better uh, or more capable for special operations. And there's been multiple of those. There's block one and block two. And then uh, in that same lineage is uh, the URGI. I think it's upper receiver group improved or improvement. Um, and that's a whole new upper um, that uh, you'll see uh, some special operations using. I, I think a lot of them have been issued at this point. Um, and it, it, I think it goes to demonstrate like how great the platform is from a user interface standpoint. Um, I don't know if y'all want to check that out or just throw it in the corner. Um, but uh, the like every time we try to come up with something better, people are like, no, nah, man, I, I like the feel of the AR-15 from a user interface standpoint. Right. Can we just get the same improvement that you, you know, are, are shooting for um, with a, a new platform by making incremental adjustments to parts? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, like, that handguard isn't free, quote-unquote, free-floated. Um, it just drops in where a set of plastic handguards would normally be. Oh, well, it's not um, free-floated. You can hit the broadside of a barn with that thing, Mike. <laughs> impossible. Everybody, everybody knows that. Um, so the potential like accuracy improvements that you would get out of something that is free-floated are, are not necessarily there. Um, mm. And if you mount a laser on it, it's potentially not as accurate as you know a fairly rigid uh, free-floated handguard system. Um, and so over the years... Uh, Users, both in the civilian context um, and users in the military, have said, hey, I really like the gun, but I wanted to do this. Um, and that has pushed the industry to make these constant improvements. And when you go and look at, like, the original gun was the AR-15, which is a descendant of the AR-10, uh, you know, large frame um, with some different features, slightly different than the AR-10 you would see today if you went to the store. Uh, the charging handle was inside of this area, and it was oh, shaped yeah. like a trigger. Inside um, of what's now called the carry, the carry handle, handle. Which um, it basically used to be almost just like a guard for the charging handle. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that was the original design of the AR-10, but it had a very similar gas system, uh, the thing that, you know, ties it all together. And um, now we have AR-10s that are just scaled up... Uh, you know, versions of the AR-15, you know, large frame AR-15s to support bigger calibers. And um, 
uh, or, or bigger cartridges. Um, I say that cause you can get like some pretty big caliber stuff in a small frame right. uh, mm-hmm. receiver. Um, and all of those things are, are in the same family. Like they're all, uh, they all use the same basic gas system, um, and very similar lower receivers, but they're all variations. And when it comes to like all the naming, I really only focus on the military nomenclature and there's dozens of different models that have been sold just to the U S military. So like that Mark 18, the car 15, the M4, M4, a one M16, a one, a two, a four, like all of those things are just military designations of the platform that excludes all the, you know, this is a ADM and, and the model peculiar to that manufacturer on the commercial side. Um, like every commercial manufacturer has their own naming. So if you were to, you know, total it all up, there's probably hundreds of different models that you could go to the store and purchase of AR-15s and then dozens of different models that have been in U.S. military inventory that are all, uh, they all have the commonality of a very similar low receiver and the gas system mm-hmm. uh, concept. I feel like a lot of this stuff that we're talking about used to be more of a question mark in people's heads when you had, I'd say when we were just on kind of the dawn of like everybody going to the gun store and getting an AR-15. I mean, there there was, oh, I don't know, in that like late 2000s time, you know, mm-hmm. when it just seems like AR-15 shot off like a rocket. Um Stuff was confusing prior to that. A lot of a lot of manufacturers were doing all kinds of different stuff. It wasn't as interchangeable. You had to be really mindful of what you were purchasing. Like there was a period of time where where they thought, oh well, we need to make sure that people who are getting AR-15s and stuff they they need to be noted notably in some form or fashion different than what the military is getting. So then we had commercial spec. So you had yeah. like commercial spec buffer tubes and stocks and and I think there was even some other things that were also commercial spec and it it got really convoluted and it was like well is your bolt carrier group an M16 full auto bolt carrier group or yeah. and you mentioned other people were making lowers that you know they won't accommodate a, a full auto Fire firing control group, control yeah. group, you know, and so then that would kind of screw with some stuff. You had to be really mindful of what you had, but nowadays it seems like that's sort of all calmed down and leveled out and everybody's just kind of making for the most part at the heart kind of the same thing just with a lot of different bells and whistles maybe around it yeah so i think um i don't know what the stimulus was for manufacturers like i don't know if there was this behind the scenes push for like hey if you want a government contract you'll do this thing for us or if it was just hey we feel like this is how we separate our production lines so that parts can't be interchangeable i don't know what the stimulus was um kind of don't want to venture you know more of a guess than that but my personal experience is i've owned um like a colt gun very similar to this um eagle arms uh that's kind of representative of the m16 a2 um that was a big pin lower so it had different dimensionally different pins um so i couldn't use parts that like i i got that gun i don't know uh mid 2000s and um it was just kind of like a a you know, thorn in my side cuz I couldn't really upgrade it with certain stuff because dimensionally 
you know, the fire control group parts, like parts of the lower wouldn't fit with standard stuff. Some manufacturers would make some stuff for it, but they kind of phased that out after a while. And so it's right. just like, okay, time to get rid of this thing. Like it's just a pain. Um, and, uh, and I sold it off. That gun also had a block that was in the, the receiver that would like block off you from using, uh, or putting a, full auto fire control group in there um it had a different bolt carrier group you, you touched on that so the bolt carrier group would be open in the rear um instead of having this this you know chunk of metal right here oh yeah. um and so the bolt carrier weighed a different you know it, it was a different weight and so um the potential was there that it wouldn't cycle uh as reliably as a, a full auto bolt carrier group um Yes, it's a full auto bolt carrier group, but like there's nothing, uh, you know, illegal about it or anything. It, it just, it's the original bolt carrier group. It is not the thing that makes it It's not full the auto. thing that makes it full auto. Um, but it's the appropriate like weight and mass um, for the original design. Um, and it's basically as reliable as, as you're going to get um, when it comes to, you know, like the, the original spec um, or the refined spec. Uh, for, for the AR-15 family of weapons. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm mean, like, uh, but Colt was notorious for doing that, of like, hey, uh, Colt of that time, because there's, like, different generations of, of Colt um, and management and all that stuff. But um, they would do stuff so that you couldn't interchange parts uh, easily, right. um, you know, from their... Uh, military production to their commercial production. And then to touch on, like, I still have a buffer tube in my inventory that's a commercial spec buffer tube, and it's a pain because if you try to put a regular stock on there, like, you might be able to hammer it on, uh, but you'll never, you, you won't get it off. Right. Um, and so it's like, oh, yeah, that gun has a commercial spec buffer tube. Okay, great. Like, I've yeah. Oh, I want you that know. stock. Well, I can't. Yeah. They don't make it. And then if you stick it, you know, one of those stocks on uh, a you know mil spec buffer tube, it's loose and and uh, you know doesn't fit tight. Um, and so it's like okay. Um, and I kind of feel bad for like it's just a extra complication for manufacturers to be like, hey, we are we still going to make this and and service customers that have. Uh, commercial spec buffer tubes and they have to have a whole other set of SKUs. And when you start talking about like multiple stock models and colors and things like that, it's a bunch of kind of headache because somebody thought it'd be a good idea to have this, uh, you know, different spec buffer tube for whatever reason. Right. So like, yes. Cool. Uh, I mean, yeah. you, you can see why it's gravitated away from that. I mean, yeah. a, a nightmare, just hearing you describe that an absolute nightmare for manufacturers, yeah. a nightmare for customers. I mean, just like you said. I mean, there's already you already deal with SKUs, yeah. And, and now you're, you you're doubling. You just, every you just doubled yeah. the number of SKUs you've got for a product release. Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to have commercial and mil spec. And I will say, like, when there's I no, work, like real practical reason to do so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and when I worked uh, as a security contractor, I remember like I. I had a you know basic one of these stocks on the gun that I was issued. Yeah, I, the, which one is that? Just a it's a, you know just basic um, like Our USGI uh, M4 stock, you know okay. adjustable stock. Um, and uh, I had found 
uh, it was a commercial gun that the company had purchased and it had a commercial buffer tube. And I found a stock that was, you know, in, in some parts bin and it was an upgraded stock. And I was like, cool. And I went to put it on and it wouldn't fit. And I'm like, this is so disappointing. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, like I could have had this better stock, but because the guns that the company purchased to issue us had commercial spec buffer tubes, like it wouldn't fit. So yeah, yeah. that sucks. That That's a bummer. Yeah. I feel like I don't know if we've really like officially said it much about like M16 versus M4 versus AR15. We've we've gone into a lot of history, but I, I I do feel like one thing that I'm looking at here on the table as I'm like studying them, um, like is this this thing right here uh, on the table? It's the really long gun. It's got uh, it's it's like what you yeah yep. twenty inch barrel. It's got the triangle hand guards. It's like what you saw in the movie. Uh, what was that? We were soldiers. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that this thing or the or the M sixteen A two with a slightly different forend. Yep. I mean, like these are the only things that you can really call an M sixteen, right? Now they're kind of ARs at yeah. heart. It's just it's just in this configuration they are M16s. You yeah. Know, so there is maybe different variants, and then same goes for kind of the M4. There's sort of like. There's one thing where when you look at it, you're like, okay, it's got all those parts in this configuration. That's what makes it an M4. But I think kind of then what we're getting at is they're all sort of ARs. Mm-hmm. Those ones are very specific in conf- configurations, and they have full auto slash burst slash whatever capabilities. But that's kind of... I, I think the kinda, thing yeah. that... Um, like, if I were to look at uh, this table and describe it, I would be like, M16... M4, M16, M4, and then like eh, generic, modern, more modernized current gun. And I say that because the the very early representation, it's got a 20-inch barrel, uh, fixed front sight post um, and gas block. It does have the triangular hand guards. Um, it's got a fixed stock, um, right. and it has a a uh, you know original carry handle that's not removable. Um, the A2 representation is basically very similar, right? So it, um, 20 inch barrel, uh, fixed front sight post. Um, it has a, a, uh, uh, fixed carry handle, not removable. Um, and then it's got a very similar stock. Like there's improvement between these two, but the thing that tells, like, cues me in to say like, ah, you know, generically speaking, that's an M16, um, is it has a fixed stock. And a twenty-inch barrel mm-hmm. with a you know front sight post, um, and as like opposed a non-free-floated barrel. Yeah, because if you had a twenty-inch AR, but it had a free-floating handguard, yeah, it, it would probably be a flat top, an adjustable top. stock. Like and all that's a more modern representation, and I, you know, to me, it just doesn't like if you saw the silhouette of that, you know, just like a a silhouette, um, you know, picture. Uh, I would be like, oh, M16. Versus like this gun with a twenty inch barrel, I wouldn't necessarily call it. I would just say that's eh, a modern AR fifteen. Yeah, twenty inch AR. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I. It's funny how like there's certain things where once you've seen enough of them, you just sort of are like, yeah, that's an M sixteen because of the way it is. Yeah. And the <laughs> same like an aspen tree. <laughs> Don't get all scientific on me, baby. Um, and the same thing with the M four. Like I, I would look at this gun and this gun. Um, and they have fixed front sight posts, a little bit shorter barrel. Um, they have some, you, you could kind of go either way on the handguard. Like 
it could be quad rail or it could be uh, you know a set of plastic drop-in handguards. Um, but then it has a collapsible stock uh, or adjustable stock. Right. Um, and so that's the thing that like if like I said again, if you were to see a silhouette of it um, where you can't really make out the details, you just look at it and you're like, oh hey. Uh, it's got a little bit shorter barrel. It's got a fixed front sight post, um, and it's got a collapsible stock or adjustable stock. Like mm-hmm. that's the thing that would cue me in to leaning towards just you know, oh, it's an M4. Right. Um, you know, without getting into the nitty gritty details of like, is it an M4A1? Is it a Car 15? Is it you know somebody out there on the internet's freaking out because they're like, no, nah, it's a whatever. It's like, okay, man, you know, it has a. Adjustable stock. It's got a little bit shorter barrel, um, you know, about five and a half inches, uh, and it has a fixed front sight post. It um, meets the spirit of the M4, yeah, so to yeah. Speak. yeah, and it has a carbine link gas system, right? So, um, like that, that was one of the bigger changes going from a 20, uh, 20 inch barrel on the M16 with a rifle length gas system, uh, down to that shorter gas system. You're getting at how far away from the receiver that hole is that we're yep. bleeding gas off of the barrel. And in and the, and in these guns, um, and this one, uh, the, the guns that have fixed front sight posts, it's pretty easy to tell, um, cause the, the, uh, sight post is the gas block. Right. right. So um, if you were to take the handguards off, you would see a little silver tube um, that runs from the front sight post and gas block back into the upper receiver. Um, with this more modern uh, representation of the AR, uh, you have to like look under the handguard to see where the low profile gas block is. Um, so yeah. it, it might be a carbine length or it might be a mid length. This happens to be a mid length. Uh, which kind of splits the difference between rifle and carving length. Yeah. Um, so, when I was looking at into this a little bit, just the the naming conventions, it was interesting how like, uh, and I'm not going to quote it exactly correctly, but the M16 was like the model 16. The M4 carbine was the fourth carbine adopt the like the model, f- mm-hmm. like the fourth model of carbine adopted. By the military, so I, I found that kind of interesting. Like it seems, it's kind of like uh, I don't know if rudimentary is the right word for it, but it's and it self pretty basic. Yeah, and it gets kind of confusing too because it depends on who adopted the platform. Sure. So, like the Mark eighteen, if I remember correctly, was a Navy uh, led program, um, and so like that has that naming convention versus like a m16 um was i think trying to remember so like the air force bought the first ar-15s and then the army was like hey those are neat let's try some of those out and then when they adopted it it was the the m16 uh but each branch like has its own naming conventions and some of those guns are only adopted by one branch um, and then they're in the system and they're available to other branches or they might be you know, purchased by other branches or it's part of a greater solicitation um, of like, hey, we want this next whatever gun. Um, and so it falls under that program's name, uh, whether it gets adopted or not. You know, it's the, the submission for that program. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a really kind of, yeah, it's simple when you look at what the platform is called in the end. But how you get there can be a little complicated. Like it's also confusing to me when you look at the Mark 18 and what it is, and then somebody's like, "Oh, and then here's the Mark 17," and you're like, "Oh, well, it'll be very close but slightly different." And then it's just an entirely and, yeah, different gun, and different you're like, thing. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, or the Mark 19, which is not a... <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not a rifle. Right. Um, <laughs> um, why not? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the the thing the thing with ARs is just that, I mean, they are so ingrained uh, in, I mean, especially our culture, but, but all over the world. But I think, or, and what was I even, I was actually just thinking of, oh, one of the funny things that I look at sometimes though and have to laugh about is what we kind of stay stuck to you know like the m16 the original one here like we went with a 20 inch barrel right Mm -hmm. like uh, just kind of sticking with that first off the 20 inch barrel was probably selected because i mean i'm i'm guessing here right this is all speculation but, I mean, we were carrying around M1 Garands yep. and M14s and stuff like that. I mean, these were kind of, they were big Woodstock guns. It was almost like, you know, a semi-automatic version of what you'd carry hunting. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what people were used to. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, I, I feel like I can imagine somebody being like, well, why would we make the barrel any shorter? I mean, that would just be way too short, you know? And then finally, finally we made it to the M4 where the barrel did get shorter. We had a shorter gas uh, gas system. But a lot of times, those early on were getting still carrying on the carry handle, mm-hmm. right? And and then it might have been a bolt-on carry handle. But I just picture somebody being like, "Well, how is the guy going to carry it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if there's not a carry handle on it? They need to carry it like a briefcase." And then it, it, it's taken a long time for that to sort of yeah. find its way, sort of out of circulation. But then there's other things that tend to get uh, stuck uh, a little bit, like even the even the adoption of optics. Right, like modern optics, the red dot that took a long time to get going. Yeah. We're seeing that going on with pistols still too, where people are like, ah, red dot, nah, nah, low power variables, and um, but I mean that's that's why I can't help but think that just the whole platform as it is, even little elements of the platform took people a long time to get over. The whole platform as it is, I mean, I just anybody getting over that and ever maybe getting to like the next thing, I I just that's gonna take something just completely out of this world well you get used to things right like right now like i look Mark, at those i'm like a creature of habit oh big time you know but I, I look at those i'm like well I, I have got i wouldn't want one with a carry handle like for like the way i would practically use one today yeah, yeah. but if that's what you've been given or used like that's how you use it it's part of the system that you're familiar with you're like why why wouldn't i need one of those right until you use yeah. it without and you're like oh well maybe yeah, I don't have this feature anymore, but now I have this feature because I don't have that feature. And I will, I will say that one of the things I am slightly bummed out about, just with like the AR-15 being so prolific and whatnot, mm-hmm. is is the. I think AR-15s are really cool. I love like when you see one on Instagram that's like just perfectly specked out. You're like, oh yeah, that's awesome. But they there is some element of character that they miss. You know what I mean? How like you so? Look at, I you look at. Uh, uh, Mucky would be really glad that I'm Muckapedia. He'd be mm-hmm. really glad that I'm saying something like this. Um, you look at old guns. He's an old soul. You look at old guns, right? The wooden stock, all the different actions. I mean, we we were in a time of try anything, throw everything at a wall and see what sticks. Like, does this work? I don't know. We'll build it. We'll make a bunch of them. We'll see if people like it. If not, we're also building seven different types of actions at the same time. I mean, it was just everything. Anything goes. Lever actions. Regular bolt actions, straight pole actions, semi-automatic actions, semi-automatic like a Browning BAR, but then there was semi-automatic that was like some of those Japanese guns with the 
with the magazine sticking out the top. I mean, like just crazy stuff, yeah. right? I mean, anything went. And now we've kind of streamlined it all down to where I see you what know, you're saying. Oh, you want a hunting rifle? AR. Oh, you want a home defense rifle? AR. You want a target rifle? AR. You want? I mean, it just and they all look like that. And yeah. then it's kind of like, well, you know, you could paint it like Mike did. Then it would look a little different. But in the you end, personalize just, it. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah. personalize it a little bit. But yeah. I mean, that's yeah, you one don't, thing you don't, I'm missing. You don't it's see this, the, that's um, the. That's the one thing. Well, it's because we got better. We yeah. tr- we tried. You know, it was trial and error. Like, yeah, you don't see like you know magazines oh, sticking so you're out. Saying the, when things get better, they just start out to all look the same. I I think there's an old saying like um, the wind tunnel doesn't lie, and that's why like a lot of cars look really similar today, right? I mean, like you know, if you the can pro- also think you can also think road and safety for that. But, <laughs> but <laughs> that being said, like um, I was just having this conversation the other day with like Justin and Corey about um, you know I I think about building like a bolt gun and. Then I'm like, oh man, I could just go grab one of my ARs or like, right? Uh, like, hey, it all kind of the paths of like, hey, I'm going to build this new gun. It just takes me back to a slightly different variation on like this gun, the modern AR-15. Yeah, so, the ADM there. Yeah, oh, like, you can, and you can even just keep the, you can keep the same lower and just yeah, oh, I'll just build just a different put upper, a different and upper just on click there. it on, and then it's you know, you know, well, like, done. I'm really not limited in caliber. You know, I mean, I could go all the way up to like 458 SOCOM or 50 Beowulf in a, uh, you know, in this frame um, or go up to a larger frame. And you know, you're talking 308, 65, like a tremendous variety of calibers. Um, and then with modern bullet design, like, do I need to change calibers? Mm-hmm. Like, what can I do with a 223556 round with a, a modern bullet? Right, um, right. Like, like I can use that for a tremendous amount of stuff, uh, whether it be, you know, hunting, home defense, competition, um, and a variety of competitions where it's like you know up close stuff or at distance. Right. Um, it it like it, you know it's a pretty multi-purpose platform, um, and so kind of all roads lead to the AR-15 in <laughs> some variation. To, they right? seem to like. Um, do I want a styrog really bad? Yes, but like, there's hardly. I mean, you can only basically get styrog parts. Yeah. If we wanted to use it in the shoot house, we can't put our sim bolts in there. Yeah. You you got a oh, I, oh it comes with a one in nine twist barrel. It's really convoluted to get a one in seven twist barrel. I don't know whatever. Or it's I remember I used to want to get an FS two thousand in the worst way just because I saw yeah. it in Call of Duty and thought it was cool. But it was, I mean, but then it's just like, you got to be an FS2000 guy. You can't, in, and then it's just like, oh, well, I can't do that because my gun is weird and it only takes these proprietary parts. But if you have an AR, you can do anything. You can literally do anything. Yeah, and, and the platforms that compete with AR, I think you're not going to be successful if you don't have some level of interchangeability. You also are probably not going to be successful unless you come to market with kind of buy-in. Uh, from the industry to support it with the level of stuff. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, if something breaks on one of these ARs, like, I can have a replacement part here in a day or two if I don't already have it in inventory. Yeah, or if some guy next to you doesn't have an extra. Yeah. yeah. Um, if something breaks in something uh, more rare than this, it's a hassle. I might only be able to get it from the manufacturer. There might not be any aftermarket support for just basic maintenance. And then it's like, okay, well... I bought this gun and I want to bolt a light or a laser or a sling or an optic or something to it. Um, 
Optics generally not too bad. Most modern guns come with a pick rail, yeah. uh, you know, on the on the top of the receiver. But um, if they don't use M lock or have Picatinny rails on the side or something like that, you know, I'm not necessarily going to be able to add stuff to it. Um, it. When the Scar first came out, like there wasn't a variety of charging handles or um, you know accessories for the platform, and so. Um, it took a little bit of time for that stuff to catch up. Um, and while the SCAR has a fair number of similarities uh, from the user interface to the AR-15, like it has an adjustable stock, um, it has a pistol grip that's very similar uh, and and interchangeable uh, with the AR-15, like I can't go and buy a, you know AR-15 extended charging handle and stick it on a SCAR. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I, like when that gun was released, you got the gun that you got and you, you really couldn't stuff. you couldn't really dress it up right um now the market has tried to to support it um and there's stuff where you can customize it to to suit your needs but it's definitely not at the level and like nobody is at the level that the ar-15 family of guns is at oh, when it yeah. comes to aftermarket support granted there really aren't that many platforms that have been sold in the quantities that AR-15 has uh, for as long as it has. You know, I mean, you look at uh, like FNFAL, um, it's been out there, like it's been around for a really long time and there's a lot of aftermarket support, but I would just venture a guess that there aren't as many FFLs in existence as there are AR-15s. I mean, it's probably one FAL to 10 AR-15s. They are cool though. You know, I've always, yeah, nothing wrong with them. I mean, cool guns. shoot one like, out of the back of a truck. <laughs> that just seems Dare to dream. Any gun really would be fine, but an yeah. FAL would just be really fitting. Um, I mean, it really, in all of its variants, if you will, it just it's become the standard. Yeah, like it's a standard, and like like we're talking about, like even just like skews for companies or even companies to become companies. It's you can plan like what your product is going to be because you know there's going to yeah. be continuity mm-hmm. between well and, yeah and when companies come out with new guns i think a lot of times like fn even stepped out a little bit when they came out with the scar mm-hmm. you know it's mm-hmm. sure you can put an, an ar pistol grip on it and stuff like that but i mean they they had to step out a little bit or else they would have yeah. just made it an would AR. just be another AR. right be another because yeah. you know it's like i think a lot of times people might be like oh i have an idea it's different but in order to get buy-in, I should make it be able to accept AR butt stocks, buffer tubes, yeah. pistol grips, <laughs> magazines, charging <laughs> handles, and then you're like, okay, so actually, never mind. It's just an AR. It's again. just an AR yeah, with like a. But it's the twist. best AR ever. It's the best because we did this little thing to it, right. and it's still an AR. Okay, yeah. See this little cutout yeah. right here? Mm-hmm. That's cosmetic. Yeah, best ever. <laughs> that makes See it my, better. My business card. See, you don't want to know my <laughs> my AR is best. Yours sucks. Because um, it's mine. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think uh, it's really hard to beat the user interface. Um, And then it was so good for so long, uh, and it's still, I think, kind of the best out there, right? That you've gotten to a point where, like, quantity is a a quality all its own. Like, it's really going to be hard to overcome this platform unless it's just a monumental leap in performance. Right. Um, And You'll uh, be pushing a pretty big stone out of the way to do that. Yeah. Um, and even still, there's millions of them out there in the market. So it's it's not like 
the market for AR stuff is just going to disappear, you know? Right. Um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a very impressive platform. Sweet. You could say it's America's rifle. I think <laughs> you can say that. Yeah. I, I don't see how you wouldn't. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it doesn't have the character of what uh, of other guns that a lot of people probably wish they could say it was America's rifle. I mean, unless you go way back to, like, you know, the Charlottesville and muskets that actually yeah. won America. I mean, right. maybe. But how long were those around? It's true. I don't know. Jim, is there, you know, you were talking about the uniqueness of, you know, other variants of firearms now we've kind of you know diverged from the original conversation but is there is there are there parallels in the car world too where you used to see just like all oh, this wild stuff we'll try this we'll try that we'll try this we'll try that and now we're like now we make cars i'm like, surprised you're asking me if there are parallels to cars usually i had to come up with that who else own. who else would i ask i mean yeah i guess so <laughs> so what car would be the ar-15 like I have a hard time. Like, would it be oh, like it's the, the? Like it's the Toyota Tacoma, not the F one fifty. No, really. Or the I was going to say because the F one fifty has changed a lot. Maybe the Jeep. Maybe Jeep, the Jeep, Jeep Wrangler. Wrangler. Well, yeah. So it's like the it is. In a lot of ways, it is like the Jeep Wrangler because everybody want everybody gets one. They are very similar to how they were many, many, many moons ago. Even despite a lot of bells and whistles being attached, and and everybody customizes them to just seemingly no end to yeah. achieve many different tasks. I said the Toyota Tacoma because the one thing I will say about the Toyota Tacoma is that you get in one from 1987, and then you get in one from 2022, and you realize that it's actually still the same the truck. truck. It, <laughs> <laughs> despite what everyone will tell you, not every, not even everyone angry will tell internet you this, noises. Despite yeah. anybody angry on the internet, it's the same truck. I can say this, I would know because I your drive in early nineties, un- and I have is unlisted, right? Huh? <laughs> your address is unlisted, right? I don't know. You just can't deny it. Get in an old Toyota Tacoma, then get in a new one. Tell me it's not the same truck. It's the same, but better. Just like all things over time. Yeah. Well, is it of. better? I don't know. Is it better? Seems yeah. Like it I, I mean, I was hey, I was going into the whole like character thing. I miss some of the character of the old stuff. You get an old one, it's got actually more character than the new one. I mean, because you know, the new one's got a touch screen. Oh wow, look, see, we've had a touch that's all the achievement we've gained in thirty some odd years. Okay. Getting back to what I was saying though, or asking. You brought you like you but what I was asking this. is like, you know, you're talking about like just like these like I feel like with cars, was there this period of like experimentation? But oh, then yeah. over time, we just kind of figured out like the right, the quotation mark, right way to do it. Like yeah. you saw. I some mean, really look at, I mean, look at like the look at the go on to I don't know eBay Motors or whatever, and you and you sort the vehicles that are for sale, and you sort them from like late twenties to oh I don't know sixties or something like that. Like that's a period. That's a pretty good period of time, right? Chunk of time. You can even sort it from the thirties to the fifties or something like that. And I mean, just the differences in everything that you see is just unbelievable. Everybody had some crazy front end. Everybody, I mean, first off, we went from like Model Ts and basically stick cars with wood wheels to like these things that looked like they belonged in the Jetsons, you know. Mm-hmm. And it was it was anything goes. You had everything from um, oh, like the little Nash, uh, the little Nash Metropolitans or whatever they were. Those little tiny cars. There were multiple colors and they had chrome everywhere. But they were like little baby cars. And then you had Folks riding down the road in Cadillac Eldorados and big Chevy Impalas and all that that were basically like 25 feet long. (laughs) I mean, people would go for anything. And then now it's kind of like, especially lately, 
every car looks the same. That's pretty wild. That's thanks to, you know, whatever, health and safety, EPA, all that other crap. But <laughs> and just, and just stupid, people who don't stupid know. Stupid safety. People who don't know. Remember, safety third. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's one and two. People but. who think they know what they want. You know what everybody says they want now? Everybody, you ask them, it's just, oh, well, you know, like, oh, yeah, you're going to get a new car. What are you looking for? Oh, I'm looking for an SUV. Well, why an SUV? Well, because, you know, I like to have space and I like to, I like to sit up high. Everybody says that. What is it about sitting up high that everybody loves? You know what I think it is? You know what's the better? You know what's better? You know what I think it is? A car. Huh. I think they say, well, I actually want a minivan because of the practicality. Minivan. But I'm not going to get a minivan, so I'm going to get an SUV. There is a lot of room for activities. So much room for activities. Minivans are practical. Everybody says they want to sit up high. I don't don't get it. I like it. Why? I like it, but you can see. You can see perfectly fine in a regular car. But then everybody else is up high, so you're just like looking up at... The rest of the world. Nobody, I don't get that. Don't pro- do I don't that. have that problem when I'm in a little car. I can see. In fact, in a lot of times in little cars, I have better visibility because usually in a little car, you're sitting closer to the windows, the windshield and the side re- windows. I have more of a greenhouse effect. Whereas when I'm in these big clamshell SUVs that are packaged terribly by engineers who are trying to stuff every bit of technology in that they possibly can that nobody ever really needs, I'm sitting so far in the car, I can't even see beyond the B pillar, the A pillar. The windshield's so short and small. It's just, I don't like it. I do find it curious that so many vehicles, your A and B pillars are basically right where you need to see. Right, yeah. and they're like the size of steel girders used to support, st- like, skyscrapers. Yeah. Like, well, Got to pa- pass the safety test. I, I yeah, sur- they do. I survived the crash that I wouldn't have gotten into if I could have seen. If I could see the around thing my is People need to sit up higher and higher and higher because the stupid health and safety keeps saying that cars' front ends need to be higher and higher and higher. So that way, when you hit somebody, which apparently they think everybody's going to hit some pedestrian on the street, the pedestrian doesn't roll under the cars. I don't know. It's just some stupid thing. Well, I do think, like, you cars. know, by, like, I feel like if you were to get into a vehicle incident, if you're like in a truck or something, like number one, bigger wins generally, uh, and uh, like you're like, like I feel like if like you went head on into something and you're like low, you're like directly in line with that impact. Where if you're like up higher, you're less dir- like the part that's you. Maybe you like, could just just not- don't get into a crash. Yeah, simple. <laughs> sim- I did get. I got into a crash in a little Ford Fiesta. You got into a. I got into a notable crash in a Ford Fiesta, so I was right there in the action, head-on collision. I got, I walked away. I literally, I came to and opened <laughs> yeah, my car I door. Came, I, I came, came to, to open my car door and walked out. See, if out. you were in a big SUV with big A and B pillars, you might not have come to. You would have just never. I always feel like if you're sitting up high, we've no completely reset. people are people are gone. They're <laughs> yeah, gone. They're like, I always thought if you sit up high, do with air if you sit up high and you hit the other car, you know. You're up here, right? Yeah. That's. Uh, do you see the motion I'm making? It's like a catapult, right? So especially if you don't have your seatbelt buckle, you're, you're the car is going like that. You're gonna. Whoosh. So you well one buckle your seatbelt. That is smart. But I mean, it's just that's what I always picture. It just seems like you're up there. You're like on a lever. Whereas if you're down in it, you can just kind of you just like it's like. A bowling ball hitting it. If like you're down in it, you just you know you never know what hit you. Yeah, you know it's you over just, before. It's like, right. You just kind of you're just in it. I don't I'd know. rather be in it rather than being flung by it. I'll bring it up. So I mean, vehicle incidents, nothing to be taken lightly. Some very tragic. So I don't want to minimize how horrible 
a vehicle incident can be. But getting back to bigger, I mean, the straight physics, we were in my dad's truck. He still has it. 2000 F350 V10, Jim. V10. And uh, that's what I'm talking about. You know that's the most sold V10 in history? Oh, no kidding, huh? Yep. Highest number sold in 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 history of any V10 engine. It's not that hard because there haven't been that many. Right. You find it it's like many the AR15 or V10. It's like the AR15 of V10. Trend. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we were stopped. My dad was driving me to the airport and uh, we we're in stop and go traffic. Well, we were stopped. The person behind us was going. I think there might have been some distracted driving going on. Hit us at a high rate of speed. Now, on the back of the truck was a, a a bumper that my grandfather, he was a machinist, so he'd built very I should send you a pic. You'd very like durable. It. Very durable. You'd like it, Jim. My dad and I feel essentially a uh, a gentle nudge forward. We look back. This poor gal. I mean, I think she she ended up being okay. Her car is destroyed. And like I think she was, you know, she suffered some injuries, but um definitely a contrast into what we felt mm-hmm. versus what happened you know from her hitting us and she you know, was down low you know what would have solved whole that whole front problem end pushed right into her you know what would have solved that whole problem just not getting in an accident we don't always get to pick that right get home and safe. I, I say that even being somebody who did get in an accident now the accident that i got into was completely unavoidable <laughs> i think that's what everybody says right jim uh, well, we've uh, sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we're but right. We're right at an hour. Let it, it probably be known. Can... Mark Mark brought that one in here. It wasn't me. You can you can I had you can blame me, that. Mike. That doesn't always happen. <laughs> just sometimes. Just <laughs> okay. It's never happened before. Um, Mike, did we leave anything? Did we leave anything out? We're right at an hour. We probably should have been right about thirty. Right at about thirty minutes. We're at an hour now. Uh, anything else of note? Um. I mean, I think kind of outside of the stuff that we talked about, the um, M16, the M4, uh, the original AR15 um, is kind of the, you know, the latest and greatest. Um, and that's, you know, the upgraded handguards, um, the improvements in, uh, you know, barrel quality. Um, like, I feel like right now we're kind of in the golden age of AR15s because you think like, um, uh, like a instructor I used to train with Pat Rogers, uh, said like, we didn't have great guns. We didn't have great ammo and we didn't have great magazines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got good guns and we struggled with mags and ammo. Um, and then we got good magazines and it was kind of, a uh, the cycle of there would be pressure on the ammo industry and ammo quality might take a dip and then it would recover and, and that sort of thing. And now, like, I feel like we have really like it's hard to find um a gun that doesn't have a fair amount of effort put into making it a good gun Mm -hmm. um like the the recipe for success in ar-15s is is pretty well uh you know well founded and so um like you can go and buy a great ar-15 from a lot of different manufacturers you can get really it's really easy to get good magazines like they're they're you know, widely available. Um, there's polymer magazines, there's metal mags, there's, uh, you know, hybrid mags that use both. Um, there's lots of really good magazines out there and, and magazines are kind of the, I would say a, a very key component to the system to make sure that it operates reliably. Um, and then there's the ammo. And while right now ammo is 
a little harder to get. Um, it's getting, uh, I think, a little better than it was, say, a year ago. Um, it's not what it was, say, three years ago. Um, but you can get ammo. Um, you got to pay a premium for it. But the ammo quality's there, um, and there's lots and lots of choices. And so we have ready access to good guns, ready access to good magazines, and reasonable access to, to ammo. Um, and I, you know, I mean, we're in a really good spot for the platform. I'm curious to see what comes next, but yeah, it uh, uh, it's a pretty good pretty good spot to be. I think um, it's going to be a long time before we have another podcast about like well, this is replacing the AR-15 entirely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. We might not see it, Jim. Who knows? Might not. Maybe we will. Like you said, Mike, we'll I'm, look forward to seeing what the next yeah. step is. It's got to be lasers. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean is like it's got to be some leap in capability, right? Like it can't just be, oh, it's a little bit different caliber or, oh, it's a whatever feature. Like mm-hmm. these guns are pretty darn reliable uh, when you build them right. Yeah. Um, the ammo is pretty darn good. And, uh, you know, together it makes a pretty capable system. Uh, put a you know good solid optic on it and then all the – other stuff you know light a laser and i mean it's a super capable gun um and so i'm curious to see like what is the next step for the what takes ar-15s to the next level Mm -hmm. you know from this style plastic handguard um you know all the way 70 years later we have free float handguards um and that really controls and all yeah um so like what's the next step in the ar-15 um, but also what's the thing that makes the AR-15 not the best in the market? Right. You know, so. You make the AR-15 obsolete, you've done something pretty special. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, that's that. That's, that's a wrap. That. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. What do you think the next step's going to be? If you've made it this far, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> we should, uh, hand out medals. We should. We'll have to work on that. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. Take care. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, man. Have a good one. There you have it, folks. Thank you very much for listening. As usual, give this video a like if you liked it. Comment something below and give us a subscribe to the Vortex Nation podcast channel. It would mean a lot to us. Also, why don't you give us a follow over on Instagram while you're at it, at Vortex Nation Podcast. We'd love to hear from you over there, and we'll keep you updated with all kinds of cool photos and videos from our adventures that we do here. Otherwise, we will see you on the next one. Thank you again. Happy hunting and shooting, everybody. Have a good one.